and welcome to the Deep Bible Studies podcast where we discover, explore, examine, and practice the Word of God. Today we will be going through John 8, 21 through 30, part 1. So I'm going to give a quick summary of what has happened in this chapter from the verses 12 to 20, which we have studied for the past couple of weeks. So first Jesus spoke at the Feast of Booths in the temple. The same day he preached about the rivers of living water, which caused a great division among the crowd who were confused about Jesus's identity, though he repeatedly and clearly said who he is. For example, in John 7, 16 through 17, so Jesus answered them, my teaching is not mine, but it is his who sent me. If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I am speaking on my own authority. There was also a lack of conviction from the crowd, which we talked about how dangerous that truly is. We also saw how the Pharisees sent officers to arrest Jesus, but because of Jesus' sovereignty over the timing of his own arrest, they did not arrest him. Afterwards, in chapter 8, we see that Jesus uses the lighting ceremony of the Feast of Booths to present his next I am statement, which is, I am the light of the world. Now, we will see how explicit he will be in speaking of eternal life for those who turn to the Messiah or eternal punishment for those who reject the Messiah. In his commentary, John MacArthur explains how these people will die in their sins and experience spiritual death. This will be seen through portrayed self-righteousness and self-enoughness and self-sufficiency. And I say self-enoughness because isn't that what our society is teaching today? So by being earthbound or in love with carnal and temporal treasures, by their unbelief and by being openly ignorant, not only is this contextually applicable today, but more than that, it was completely intentional for the Pharisees and the Jews of the crowds whom Jesus was speaking to. This goes hand in hand with what he said before about being the light of the world because he says, I am the light of the world. And this is the part, whoever follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Who he will describe in the coming passage is those who blatantly walk in the darkness, ignoring the light, and yet look at what he offers to all to walk in light, to trust in him, the light of the world. For a better explanation of this watch our previous episodes but they look to that and reject that verse 21 says so he said to them i am going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin where i am going you cannot come so the jews said will he kill himself since he says where i am going you cannot come so john macarthur actually comments about how this could have been a mocking statement from the crowd since suicide was, quote, a Jewish tradition condemned as a particular heinous crime that resulted in permanent banishment to the worst part of Hades. So for those who don't know, Hades is the Greek word used in the New Testament to refer to hell and is temporary place where the souls of unbelievers are kept while they wait the final resurrection and the sentence in the final judgment. Verse 23 says, He said to them, You are from below and I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he who will die in your sins. So they said to him, Who are you? Jesus said to them, Just what I have been telling you from the beginning. So something that we have seen from the very beginning of studying the gospel according to John is Jesus being clear with his identity. For example, I and the Father are one. The Word became flesh. I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life, etc. 
At the end of the day, it takes blatant ignorance to not understand this. Only God can possess the attributes of complete sufficiency, satisfaction, holiness, goodness. And Jesus is claiming this. The scriptures attest to him. John the Baptist prepared the way for him. His own works were not of a mere man, but of God. The Father himself witnessed, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him. Therefore, it is not a matter of maybe, or he could have been. Either Jesus is or he is not. And if he is, which he is, that changes everything. And here's the thing, the evidence all points not only to Jesus' existence, but the reliability of the scriptures, his death, and his resurrection. Creation points to the creator. I think that's pretty blatant and obvious, but people don't want to understand that. Even science and math are evidence of ultimate and personal intelligence, God. The case of Christ is a solid one, and we should have reasoning behind our faith. But listening to knowledge will not reconcile you to God. It will not redeem you, it cannot. The Pharisees did too. The demons even know who Jesus is, and yet they are not saved. Why? Because knowledge is just that, knowing. Yet repentance and the confessing of our sins, the deep sorrow of sin, the threatening feeling of our souls that they feel when they know that Jesus is king and yet the surrender that they give in making him our Lord and by trusting him, putting our faith into him, following him, that's different. Knowledge can only empower faith, but it cannot be faith. And we see that in Galatians 2.16, which it says, we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ, who also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Verse 26 says, I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true, and I declare to the world what I have heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. Jesus is, as said in the verse, speaking about God the Father. Something I want to point out in this is actually something that we see in Matthew 28, 18, where Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, the context of this verse is that Jesus is speaking about the Great Commission and how he, to the end of the age, in his authority will lead his disciples, including Christians today, to preach the gospel and make disciples of all nations. The reason, though, I want to point this verse out to you is to ponder upon the fact that the Father has given all authority to the Son over judgment, forgiveness, etc. We see here God's justice and that Jesus' authority is seen in him speaking the good news and later we will see it in his laying down of his life. We see the laying down of his rights through what he will say in the next verse, that when he takes in the punishment of the sinner, it will be seen that he was under the submission of the Father and that as a Holy Spirit through Paul says in Philippians 2, 5 through 11, which I mention frequently because it's a beautiful piece of scripture, have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, by being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, 
so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is exactly what I believe Jesus means when he both says that he does nothing on his own accord and that the Father has given him authority over all. And man, God's order and holiness never ceases to amaze me. So let's finish off this passage. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing on my own accord, but speak just as the Father taught me. And He who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to Him. As He was saying these things, many believed in Him. You can find more information on our website, www.deepbiblestudies.com, where you will also find the calendar to go along with the book that we will be studying. You can also find us on Instagram, at Deep Bible Studies, and Facebook, where you can know every single time we post a new podcast. Also, we have an email, contact at deepbiblestudies.com, where you can ask us any questions and we will be sure to get back to you. I hope you have a wonderful day and see you next time.